Good evening, everyone. It is Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People. And tonight I have an amazing author for all of you. But before we begin, I want to say thank you guys for being with us in the month of April. It's transforming dreams into reality exciting. I can't even begin to say how excited I am. And the episode tonight is 61. It's what feels like an end is only a new beginning, which I'm sorry, 62. My God. So I guess the end would have been 61. The new beginning is 62. And we have Suzanne here in the house. Yay. So tonight. Oh my God, Leslie, I'm so excited to have you here on this episode and to start off the month. And also so much. Well, but it's even more exciting is that the long-awaited book launch is tomorrow for you. And I get to be the night before. So I get to actually tap into all those exciting vibrations that are coming off of you too, because this is something that's been in the process for quite some time. As we all authors know, it doesn't take a day to write a book. So I get to delve in with you. But before we begin, I want to remind everybody, this is a show about transformation, dreams, inspiration, happiness, and discovering bliss. And it's time to manifest the life of our dreams. So good evening, Leslie, and welcome to Manifesting with Meg. Thank you so much, Meg, for having me. This is so much fun. I'm so excited to be here. So excited. And I'm so happy that, you know, um, you know, I was thinking about your title today before I came on board. And before I even give the intro to you, I just want to say, after happy, happily ever after. And everyone always says, you know, this fairy tales, like all these kids like grab on to, oh, the princess fairy tale and all mm-hmm. these things. But what happens the day after? And I know that, you know, many people would love to know the story the next day, once the wedding's over, once everything is, you know, <laughs> once all the bells and whistles are gone and you're left there. And your characters, actually have this incredible experience to share with us tonight but before i want to introduce how amazing you are and i want to invite you to set your intention and pick a magical number in the magical guide to bliss this is a show that is based upon my book the magical guide to bliss and it talks about 366 insights of the day starting on this journey of bliss starting in january ending in december but i have to tell you there are really special people who get to come on my show in, in in April and share this incredible opportunity. And I love my author series now because I have this incredible cohort of amazing authors, which I got to meet Leslie. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She is the author of After Happy, Happily Ever After. It's a novel. She graduated with a bachelor's in communication from UCLA. So she is out in California. She's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. Even better, bringing the two worlds together. She went on to write television comedies and is a member of Writers Guild of America West. She wrote for Gerald McRaney. You guys listen to this. This is late. This is the lady who gave the words to some of the greatest actors of our time. Burt Reynolds, Roseanne Barr, Norm MacDonald, Drew Carey and Ralph Macchio, as well as the Wild Thornberries, Sweet Valley High. And later she actually earned a master's in nutrition. So she had already shifted her focus from one career to the other. So she's a transformative transformative diva, I would say, right? She went and ran her own business for 10 years. And then most recently, she's been writing personal essays for online magazines, such as the Huffington Post, Maria Shriver, and she knows she's a great art. She's a great article that just recently came out on um, the magic of menopause. I don't, I don't have the title specifically, but you have to check it out. It's really a wonderful storytelling kind of article if you're going through that experience and all women can 
definitely, definitely relate. Um, more so, she loves dogs, which anyone who loves dogs is my friend in my book. And <laughs> two adorable Labradors, she's a member of the Alliance of Therapy Dogs, which is amazing. And I can imagine that's a point of conversation at this point in time when so many people needed therapy dogs during this pandemic. And they brought that in and actually kind of, you know, assuaged the anxiety of it. She's also volunteered at the Burbank Animal Shelter, and we all know the Burbank Animal Shelter because, you know, um, on The Price is Right, isn't that the, what he talks about all the time, you know? He always brought the dogs in from the Burbank Animal Shelter, at least that came up for me when I read <laughs> You live in Los Angeles, and you have two sons and a husband and she's been with since college, so tipping our hat to that amazing relationship that's a long-lived one, so you must have a lot of stories to tell, I'm sure. And I imagine that he's gonna be on tonight, so. I give a shout out to your husband. What is your husband's name? Bruce. Bruce. Yes, Bruce is he's here. Yes, Bruce is here. So he's on board. So we have to behave ourselves, I imagine. So anyway, <laughs> this is her debut novel. And with all debut novels, um, it's exciting. It's a dream come true. It's actual dream that's transformed into reality. Uh, and it's just so exciting for me to be the first, well, not even the first, I know you had podcasts, but at least with a YouTube live, you know, bringing you on here so you can tell us all about it and you can brag a lot about your practice and your process and everything. So without further ado, I introduce all of you to Leslie. Good evening tonight. Good evening. Did I miss anything? No, I think you pretty much covered it. I guess we're done. Well, well, your husband is pointing out that the HuffPost article is called This is What No One Tells You About Going Through Menopause. So thank yes. you, Bruce, once again. I appreciate that. And and yes, you know, you, you do do a lot of uh, article writing as well, which is really yes. kind of a craft in and of itself. So hat, hat, tips my hat off to you. Um, let me ask you something about the writing process. You know, I did ask you initially at the outset tonight. I said, tell me a little bit about the title after mm -hmm. Ever after. You know, it's really interesting because when I wrote the book, I had a completely different title. And I was really happy with the title. But as we both know, you go into the publisher, and the publisher has the right to say, you know what, for whatever their reasons, and they don't always tell you them, they want to change the title. And so they asked me to come up like with like 10 or 15 titles, which I did, and of course, none of them they wanted to use. So they came back with a bunch of different titles and I just, I didn't really spark to any of them. And one of them was just Happily Ever After. And I looked at it and I thought, how many books are called Happily Ever After? And it didn't spark with me. And I sat down with my husband and I said, you got to help me here. I don't know what to do. Should I just, you know, go back and say, I don't like any of these. And he switched it and said, what about after Happily Ever After? I was like, that's it. That was great. I was so excited because I really, truly did not know what to do. So what was the title initially? The initial title was Midlife Wife. Midlife Wife. Midlife Wife. And, and I, I'm guessing possibly the publisher thought it just was too geared to midlife women as opposed to a title that sort of would encompass more people. So, you know, I love the fact that you initially you initially called it that because I mean imagine you know a lot of people say and I know Wayne Dyer certainly is one to say that before you even start your first page create the title create the cover and have the vision 
So oh. what made you call it midwife, mid midwife, life wife, midlife wife? That's like a tongue twister, my God. Yeah, no, no, really. Um, I didn't come up with the title right away. I was probably, I would say, about halfway through the book. And then I just kept thinking, well, it's about a woman and she's in midlife. And there was something about the term midlife and then wife. I just, it just came to me. I, I can't even tell you really where the origin was. It just sort of summed up what the book was about in some ways. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I kind of now I agree with the publisher because I think it is too um, inclusive of a title. You know, it does, you know, the titles definitely grow on you, but I know at the outset when they change your title, you're like, stop, no, don't do it. I love it. I've been married to that, you know, and I, I know, and it's hard. It's yeah. really hard to come it's up with It's really hard. Well, yeah. it is, it's, it's, and then and this is kind of, I want to say with regard to you, maybe you have the same experience as well, but you know, you know, when you have this vision for your book and how it unfolds, you know, it, it's, it, you know, I always I like because I'm a stubborn Italian and I like to hold on to things and if it's my idea I'm like nope 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 but the reality is is that you go with certain people so that they can help bring the story to the best light in the best light possible to the world so you kind of trust a little bit more the experts but when you haven't done it but you're a writer too but you've written for so right, many but that you also I don't know the marketing part of it and I think publishers are also thinking about marketing and how somebody's going to look at it and say oh that sounds like something I would buy so they're looking at it from a completely different way than we are when we write the books it's our heart when we yeah. write the books, but they're, you know, thinking about selling it, which we are too, but well, we um, want to think yeah. so. we're like, yeah. you know, it's funny, it's funny because I have to tell you at one point in time, I was like, oh, I have to sell books. <laughs> it's like, because it becomes, I'm terrified to put this out there because it's, I, it's me. There's so much. And I imagine the same is for you. So let me ask you a little bit about your process. But first of all, how excited are you that tomorrow is your big day? I am excited and I'm like just it's so crazy because it's been a year and a half of getting the publisher going through the process books are not published in a day and depending on the publisher they sometimes do it only twice a year so if you miss that section of how they've already filled up their books for that year you get pushed to another year yeah so knowing that my book was 2021 when it happened in like the end of 2019 or whatever it was yeah it's just it's like i can't even believe it's tomorrow it just feels so strange i have it I'm, I'm excited for you <laughs> so i'm like because, you know it's like my friends are like gonna be you know on show and 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 the reality is is i feel like we kind of since we're all in the same cohort we're all yeah. cheering each other on which is really yeah. the beauty of of the whole She Writes Press. So tell me a little bit of how you came to She Writes Press. Um, well, it was interesting because after I finished the book, I started querying agents over and over again. And, you know, this is a different business than my television was when I started in television. In television at the time, and now it's very hard to get an agent, but at the time you took your stuff, you sent off all your spec scripts and you got an agent. And then the agent would get you work. So you didn't do all that stuff. Now to get an agent when you don't have a platform, you don't have a big name, you know, they want celebrities. They want people that have their own platform already because then they do less work. And it's so hard to get an agent. Yeah. So I had gone to the Kauai Writers Conference uh, in 2018. And at that conference, I met a lot of people. Um, I had workshops with Christina Baker Klein, Kristen Hanna, 
Alice Hoffman, Josh Moore. I mean, these major people. Oh and my God. It was amazing. It was, an, it, I mean, and I was, I actually wasn't even finished. I finished one draft of my script. I mean, my script, ah, my book. Yes. <laughs> you know my brain is. She's going to um, have a movie, you guys. That's just a serious look exactly. into the future. That's, that's what it is. She's going to well, have a screenplay. <laughs> I finished the first draft. And at the Kauai conference, I went to a workshop that Brooke held, Brooke Warner of She Writes Press. And she talked a lot about the different types of publishing now and how, you know, you know, it's very hard to get to the traditional publishers and blah, blah, blah. So after I had queried a ton of agents and got very, very nice rejects letters, <laughs> um, they were actually very honest and very nice. They said they liked the writing, but they basically didn't know who I was. So, you know, it was, but it was, they were nice. And I got to a point where I thought this is never going to see the light of day and I've worked so hard on it. So I started to go, okay, now let me look at publishers. And because I had met Brooke, I emailed Brooke. And I also, my writing coach was Linda Schreier, who also had taught at this Hawaii conference. And so she also knew Brooke. So I contacted her and I contacted Brooke and said, I knew Linda. And so, and Linda had been my writing coach. And so Brooke said, send it in. So I sent it in and she was all excited since she knew Linda and had worked with Linda that Linda had been the coach on it. So it was, you know, right after that, she said, yeah, absolutely, we'll publish it. But then she said a year and a half. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, okay, great, it's gonna be published, but what do you mean a year and a half? Yeah, that's interesting. But, you know, yeah. I, I, well, first of all, the fact that matter that you got to go to Hawaii yeah, to go was, to the writer's <laughs> conference. So if anyone's out there listening and they have an idea and I wanna, I wanna, you know, been off of that you know the writing conferences are amazing because networking is really 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 important and and i think it kind of gets you out of that bubble of no one's ever going to pick this book up no one's ever going to see it because look the bottom line is she has a great story to tell leslie what had a great story to tell and she did like suzanne saying querying agents is a brutal process it, it just is. It's, it's it's you know and i think that it's kind of like because i'm a lawyer so going through law school it's like you have to take the bar exam. Everyone has to take the bar exam. And if you don't take the bar exam and you get to be a lawyer, we all hate you. <laughs> so, okay, so you just have to go through that process to understand truly what it means to be standing where you are at this point right now. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's even more exciting because you are all the work, sweat and tears that you put in. And Stacy Cox is saying she walks the walk and talks the talk big time that makes you relatable and that makes you the engaged storyteller because you have the evidence experience that you bring to the table so people want to hear from you because it's not just this like oh i'm like i got tapped on the head with a magic wand and although i do believe in that but the bottom line is that you know you you have the story to tell so our theme today is what feels like an end is only a new beginning and how appropriate because this is the end of the waiting to see your book baby come to light into the world which you know and also you know it's interesting because the quote today is by jk rowling and it's at so and so rock bottom became the solid foundation from which i built my life and you know what she said with all those querying she basically every single time she got 
a rejection, she said it was one step closer to success. So, you know, like I said, it's that process that we all go through because it's going to have some kind of synchronistic magic somewhere along the road where, you know, it's all part of the process that we need that information that we went to. Like for whatever reason, you needed to go the route of Hawaii. I mean, I, I don't feel bad for you at all. No, no, it was, although I have to say we were in rooms with no windows almost the whole time. That's you know, so cool. We barely ever saw Hawaii except late in the afternoon we got to take long walks. <laughs> But, yeah. You know, it's Ellen Schnee from our cohort was at that conference too. So there oh, you go. That's right. okay. Another synchronicity that we have yeah. to go for it. Um, so, you know, back to the, this is only a new beginning now, right? You had to build from rock bottom. Well, rock bottom could have been all these querying. They could have said, no, you can't have your book published. You don't have a platform, blah, 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 blah. And you would have been like, okay, okay. But the reality is, I can imagine your husband, who is a, a, a writer as well, right? The two of you teaming up would never let you quit either. I can imagine that the two of you <laughs> plug on because if he's posting all the things that he's posting on here about the article, you know, this guy is like supportive for he's sure. He's my huge support. He's a huge support to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. So I do want to, you know, talk about that spiritual growth process as a result of different life events that can be really tough and really magical at the same time, especially going through a pandemic because I imagine you know, a year and a half, but yeah, it was in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel now where, you know, had it been at the end, the outset, maybe that would have been a different thing altogether. So back to you, you get to share the gift of hope with each new sunrise of your soul's bliss and each new, you know, start to your process, this new journey tomorrow. So what are your thoughts with regard to all of this as you, you know, get to sit there and, and, and start to think about, you know, all the wonderful things that are going to unfold for you? You know, it's, it's very exciting, but it's totally out of my comfort zone because I love the writing part of it. I really do. I have never been one of those people that like, here, interview me, look at me. It's, it, that's just not who I am. You know, it's more about, okay, I'll go look at somebody else. So the part that's so hard for me right now is that basically you're selling yourself. Even though you want your book to sell itself, it can't really sell itself because there are billions and billions of books out there. I mean, you go to the bookstore or you turn on, you know, you go on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any of these and all you see is thousands and thousands of books because the good news is people can now self-publish, you know, but for everybody who is publishing in any way, whether it's self-publishing or traditional or anything, there's so many books out there. So how do you get your book noticed? So the hard part is the social media you have to do, you know, and all, you know, the podcast and all. I mean, this is fun because I know you, Meg. <laughs> you're doing all these things with people that you don't know. And yeah. for me, it's scary. You know, it's really pushing myself out of my comfort zone to do something very new to me. And so that has been a challenge. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to meet it as best as I can but it's definitely been a challenge. Well, I have to say you definitely surpassed the challenge because you're here and I didn't drag you here. So that's no, number you did one. Not. <laughs> you offered <laughs> it, you invited me and I said, yes. Yes, so that's half the battle is showing up for sure. And then the second half of the battle is really believing in the content that you've actually brought out to the world. And the third, even better thing is what a beautiful cover you have. And, oh, you know, you. definitely they say, you know, if you can see the cover from a mile away and it engages your curiosity, then you'll look 
further and you'll be more interested. So tell me a little bit about the cover and, and why it speaks to you. When I, when we originally start talking about covers, um, the one thing about She Writes Press is you get to have some control over the cover. Um, so, which is great because I have talked to so many people on so many places that are authors on traditional and they just say, guess what? Here's your cover. And you may love it or you may hate it, but you don't get a lot to say. Yeah. And with She Writes Press, they asked us to put down different kinds of covers from different authors that we liked. And I had always seen my cover as more of a sketch and less of like a, you know, photograph of somebody. Um, and so I had talked to Brooke and Julie Metz and said, I am looking for a sketch. I'm looking for um, something that shows a woman in some way sort of kind of thinking or trying to figure out her life. And what they came up with was she has this book and she's throwing the pages up in the air, which I like a lot because her life really is those pages. Those pages are her saying like, oh my God, what's gonna happen with my kid? What's gonna happen with my husband? What's gonna happen with my parents? And she's walking away from the home that's behind her. And so I like that idea that she's, because the book is about her rediscovering who she is in the middle of her life. So she's trying to, you know, walk away from the household duties and walk to something new as her daughter's going off to college. And, you know, she's going to have time now to figure out, does she want to get back in the workforce? What does she want to do? What are the creative things she wants to do now? And it will be about her. So I really liked, I, I, they gave me a few covers to look at and there were a few at the beginning. I was like, no, 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 no. And then they had this one. And I was like, yes, this seems like the cover that says what I'm trying to say without being obvious. It's a little more subtle. You can't look at it and know exactly what the book is about, but you can kind of wonder. And if you read the synopsis, then you kind of know. But that red dress, my friend. <laughs> that red dress. red dress. I know, because it, it pops, which I like, because I like the colors. And they did ask me colors-wise, like what I was looking for. And I kind of said, well, I kind of like blues and greens and reds. So they, I think, worked from there too. So you're getting a lot of love about your cover and you're getting a lot of love for you that you're a natural. So mm, that's nice. you know, I'm telling you that in many ways, the fear is just illusory and look at you show up <laughs> because you have something really important to say. Now, I have been told to ask a little bit about Maggie. Tell me a little bit about your your protagonist here and, and why she's so special to you. Well, Maggie, when I started this book a long time ago, I, um, I, I was also a stay-at-home mom, but I also was a nutritionist, so I had other things going on, and I was writing articles and things like that. But I, you know, your kids are in school and you meet a lot of moms, and I noticed that so many moms talked about the same, lots of the same kinds of things. There was so many things that we all related to, you know, whether it was our husbands or whether it was our kids or, you know, conflict, whatever it was, we all were sort of, and even the women that were working were in the same boat as the women that were not working because you still have those issues with your family, your parents, you know, who are getting older, everything. And I originally had talked about writing a nonfiction book, which I decided not to do. And I took all these stories that I had been told from so many women 
Um, and I and Maggie came to me. She's really an amalgam of so many women that I knew, and so many people that I just made up. You know, she's just she's one of those people that you hear her thoughts, and she can be very sarcastic at times, or she can be very funny at times. But she definitely is very vulnerable and very honest. And that was something that I really liked because I found talking to other women, women are very honest and and can be very vulnerable with each other. And they may tell somebody something that they might not tell other people. And I had heard enough stories that I just thought, this is who Maggie is. And when I started to write her, she just sort of came to me and her voice came to me. And it was a really great experience because she started just talking to me at any time, even in the middle of the night. I would be like, oh my God, Maggie's talking, you know? So. (laughs) Well, I have to ask you something because one of the coolest things about books is I always, of course, I always look into the story behind the author because that's fascinating to me. So how alike are you to Maggie? Is she a part of you or are you other places in the book interwoven, for instance? Because you're saying she talks to you, but I'm asking, you know, is she a part of you? Um, Maggie's a part of everybody, and of course there's little pieces of me in Maggie, but she's definitely not me. There are so many things about Maggie that I'm not. She's definitely more anxious and nervous, and she has a lot more anxiety than I do. Um, She, the parts that are in there that are like me are probably little tiny bits and pieces from my childhood. Not from who I am necessarily now, but there's little tiny things from my childhood in there um, that I just thought were fun. But Maggie is really, of course, there's a piece of me in there in the sense that, you know, I stayed home to raise my kids and I gave up my job to do that, even though I started a new career and kept doing things. But I wouldn't, Maggie's definitely not me. I, I just had so much fun just making her up. Yeah. And looking things up, you know, that she would do. So, yeah. But I mean, there's, of course, there's a tiny bits and pieces of me in there. And there's tiny bits and pieces of me in every character, but you wouldn't know what pieces they were. (laughs) You know, maybe it's a tell all in the future. But, you know, I have to say, I have to say, one of the coolest things about, you know, the process is you learn something more about yourself as you write and what kind of writer you want to be or what kind of writer you're becoming. And I love how you said bits of your child, the child who, what you recall from the child, your childhood are coming through. So I'm curious as to how that plays a part in the process of, of who you're becoming as an author at the end of your, you know, when the last page was written and you closed the book, cause it's right now, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the bits and pieces of my childhood that are in there are little jokes within my family, my original family, you know, with my mom or my dad or my sisters. There's little tiny jokes. So, of course, my sisters, when they read it, they were laughing hysterically. My mom just got a big kick out of certain pieces of it because she knew, you know, that something was said and she knew that was from my childhood. Um, so... I'm sorry, what was <laughs> well, I, I, I love that you brought up your family, though, because your father is dedicated to him. Yes. And I told you, I told I, I told you because I, you know, I'm still going through the book, but I told you that, wow, your father's energy is all over 
the book. Tell us a little bit more about that and your relationship to him as an author, you know, as as he was as well. Right. My father was a writer. Um, He wrote radio. He wrote in the army. He did movies. Um, He went into advertising. So he did copywriting. He did all kinds of like movies for, he worked for Nissan, the car company. And he did different kinds of, you know, movies for them. He actually did like work with um, uh, Paul Newman on Uh these racing movies. My dad did some of those. So he did a lot of writing. And when I was a kid, I knew he was a writer. I never thought of myself as a writer. I, although I wrote all the time, I was always writing, you know, my mom said, my mom actually recently gave me a letter that I had written to her and my father when they went on vacation. I was older, but I wrote them a letter just to say hi when they were, you know, we didn't have email or anything. And I wrote them a letter and of course it was very funny. So my mom had kept it. So she showed it to me, which was really funny. But um, so I always felt like this kinship with my father about the writing, because when I went into it, he was so excited when I started writing television. Um, And so there was always this, you know, he came to the shows that, you know, when I had my show being shot, he would come to the show. And it was just really funny. It was something that we really connected on. And as far as in the book, like my father, although it had, my father had totally different issues than what this father has in the book, but my father had health issues. And my mother was an amazing caretaker. She, I don't even know how she did it, but she was amazing. And she took care of my father, And he, but he was totally sharp the whole time until he passed away and he passed away four years ago. Wow. But he did not get to see the book. He never got to read it because the book came i mean the first draft was was not quite finished and i wasn't ready to show it to anybody because you know you don't know that your parents going to pass away when they do so i didn't get to show it to him so there are pieces of the father that the only character in the entire book that's closest to anybody in the whole world that father is again not the same issues in any way because my father you know didn't have any stuff going on like that but the character and who the person is was close. And the relationship Maggie has with her father, that was the closest thing in my life. So if somebody said, what's part of your life, that really is, you know, and most people who read it can see that. They'll be like, oh, I can see that was you and your father. Because most of my even high school friends knew how close I was with my father. Well, I I see here that your husband says he's a great man. And and I would agree with Suzanne Simonetti that it was so special when you read the dedication Literally, it was really, you know, sometimes people don't read dedications, but, you know, I, I always have an interest in who is the mentor and the inspiration that comes through the writer. So I always stop and read the dedications. It tells you a lot about where yeah. the story is going to go. So, you know, I think that's fascinating as well because, you know, your whole process and, and, and even though you don't believe he's seen your book, he's seen your book and watch how the book jumps. how this is going to happen for the future for you you know you know he's going to be a part of it and certainly everybody in your family as well it sounds like you have a lot of humor going on which i i I love that 
Um, you know, one of the things I love as well is that people are inspired by certain quotes that help them on. And I think this show also, one of the, one of the factors about manifesting is that what inspires you could possibly inspire someone else as an author, as a writer, as a mother, as a wife, anything to that respect. So I'll, I'll read the first one for, that you gave to me. It's only after you step out of your comfort zone that you begin to change, grow and transform. Tell me a little bit about this because that is clearly the case. Nothing will ever change unless you take a leap of faith and bet on yourself. So go for it. No, that's exactly right. I mean, I liked that quote because going out of my comfort zone was letting anybody read this stuff. I mean, I had written a lot of essays. I wrote over 20 essays for Huffington Post and I knew that they were being read. Yes. But that felt different for some reason. And I think because partially a lot of the, all of those were actually based on my real, they were my life. That was, you know, those were jokey essays about my life or my kids or whatever. Um, and so when people read them, I just was like, whatever, you know, if you like them, you like them. But this book was a labor of love and it took so long. And, you know, going out of my comfort zone, the idea tomorrow that there's going to be real people reading it and not just my family, you know, it's, like, it's terrifying that, you know, I mean, people are not gonna like it. People are gonna like it. People are gonna, you know, say whatever they wanna say. and. I, you know, trying to say, okay, I just have to let that go and not worry about what somebody else says or because, you know, anything you write can hit somebody in a way that they get angry and it has nothing to do with you. Yes. It has to do with how it hits them. And, yes. but when they get angry, they take it out on you, whether it's in a review or whatever it is. And that's kind of weird. I mean, I, I got some, I, I had amazing compliments on my um Huffington Post article but I did have one woman now my article is not remotely about anything to do with mental health it has nothing to do with um the patriarchy and she actually yelled at me through the whole she sent me an email she yelled at me and told me that I should be ashamed of myself for upholding the beliefs of the patriarchy for women's mental health the article was only about me wanting to end my period. I mean, it was literally nothing to do with mental health. It was about yeah. happiness and me wanting to stop getting my period. So that's what I mean. I People have these weird reactions. So that's what it is about jumping out of my comfort zone. It's like, yeah. wow, I, <laughs> I have people that are going to tell me what they think of me or my book. You know, it, it's funny because one of the one of the best pieces of advice I ever got, especially as I started putting myself out there, is you have to detach from the good opinion of others because that's it. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. I don't have anything to say about it, but at the same time, it's really not my life. <laughs> so that goes. That takes us to the next. This is a really perfect segue. Instead of worrying about what you cannot control, shift your energy to what you can create, which is so empowering and powerful, especially when it comes to an author. Because what you're out there is doing, what other people critique, I always like laugh. Criticism, you know, criticism I always like to say constructive because you always want to add something to it. But so I'll say one thing, and then if I, if I say some one thing that said maybe you can improve, but 10 things as to how it just completely aligns or not. But the bottom line, it's the creative energy. And when you put it out there, it has a chance to grow. So tell me a little bit about, about this too. 
Well, I'm one of those people that also like likes to have everything in control. Like I like to know what is going on and no surprises. And and this process, you have to give up control in so many ways. And like I said, you have certain controls with the with she writes publishing, but you really don't have a lot of control on if anybody's going to buy your books, yeah. the social media, and how people are going to read it, and how people are going to like it or hate it. And that's really hard for me. Giving up control is really hard, and that is something I've really worked on learning this year, yeah. especially with the pandemic, because yeah. you, we, none of us could control that everything was shut down, and that we were all stuck in our houses a lot of the time, depending on your state and everything else. And I really, the first, the very first time it happened, I was like, "What is this? Oh my God! I can't leave the house." You know, I'm a very, I'm a person that runs around and does everything I need to do. But then there was a comfort in that, and now I have to get out of that comfort because I'm so used to being home. But there was a comfort in knowing I don't have to do anything. I can just stay home and write or whatever. You know, the pandemic really taught me a lot yeah. in that sense about losing control and not being able to say I can do whatever I want. There was really no freedom because of the pandemic. Well, Linda Ryder Gardner says it's incredibly brave to let go of that control. And I think that's the case, you know, because they get to the point where your your acceptance is high and your expectations is are low, which I, I'm definitely the opposite. I'm high expectations. Oh, it's like, what? They told you you can't do that? No, 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 no. That's good. <laughs> I like that. But the bottom line is that you lose your peace. And I think that to get back to that center of peace is exactly what you're saying here. Instead of worrying about what you cannot, shift your energy to what you can create, which is really empowering. Of course, I love that fact that you sent me a butterfly. Just when the caterpillar thought the world was ending, he turned into a butterfly. Sure. And you know, tell me about that because I love how that like kind of you know aligns with the after happily ever after, right? That's yes. the after. You get to fly differently. So tell me a little bit about that as well. Well, it's also it's it's about so many different things, but the The caterpillar part is Maggie. I mean, when you read the book, you watch Maggie go through a journey to rediscover who she is. And I'm not going to give away the ending. Um, some people may like it. Some people may not like it. Yeah. But she is slowly figuring out how to turn into a butterfly. And in a weird way, that's you know me too. I mean, I'm putting it there as a caterpillar. And I'm hoping that I turn into a butterfly when it's all over. You know, I love that you're a butterfly. That totally makes sense. And I'm completely aligned with you, Leslie. And I love you because I find my butterflies, as Suzanne will tell you, as well. You have been a butterfly forever since I met you. You are a butterfly. You've never been a caterpillar. Oh, I have. Oh, believe me, I've been a caterpillar. And that's the the terror of my book coming up because oh god, I'm like oh god, I've been a really nasty one too. But I'll have to tell you about that another time. But this is oh, about no. you. So the last, the last That's what I do love is the elevator to success is out of order. You'll have to use the stairs one step at a time. Amazing! Tell us about this because, wow, think of how powerful that is. It, it's a slow process. Go ahead. It's such a slow process, and nothing happens overnight. Even if you say you have a publisher, it doesn't happen overnight. Trying to get an agent doesn't happen overnight, and getting the book to the point where you really, really want it to be. Is step by step by step. That's why I was saying when I was at the conference, I learned so much from about rewrites from mm -hmm. Christina Baker Klein and mostly Kristen Hanna because of the way they described how they rewrote each you know version of their book. I went home 
And of course I didn't start over, not from the, you know, but I started over and Kristen Hanna talked about layering and layering and layering, whether it's layering more description, layering more dialogue, but just lay and figuring out who the characters are after you have the whole book written. So that was really great because I learned so much from that. And I realized it is step by step by step. Even doing this podcast is a new step for me. I'm walking <laughs> the step to do a podcast or, you know, this video. I'm so honored to be a part of your steps. You're the first part of this part of the steps. Yes. So, you know, that's really great because that's another step that I'm taking and I can say, Shoo, okay, that's off my list. I've done that. I can yes. move on. The learning curve is only as steep the first time around because once you get to the end, you start another one, but with the wisdom you've gained, you're at a different level. And I always say that's enlightenment, right? That's the wisdom of our lives. And I guess the most beautiful thing is coming on something like that and sharing your wisdom with the world. And even through your book, After Happily Ever After, sharing that wisdom in such a way that's entertaining, but yet it's actually poignant at the same time, which is the part of your process. And what a shame it would be if you didn't tell that story because then the world would be without it regardless of someone who's you know obviously not being heard and she needs to scream about something well that's fine you know what guess what your work is out there and she's going to scream about it because you're giving her an opportunity to have her voice which is fine you know she can yeah. take her voice it's not going to hurt you you're going to keep going it's not going to stop you don't be so you know not, not for you that like for them you know yeah. it, it, she's not meant to hurt you she just wants to be heard as well but you know carolyn's saying wow i've never heard that quote about the elevator over the stairs one step at a time but that's really what it is because how much would you miss if you took the elevator to success you have to learn all those lessons. I always always say. My well, you parents, took it for granted too, because you wouldn't oh, realize sure. that it's so much harder. People that most people don't have any overnight success, but people that do, you know, a lot of times they don't realize how hard it is. Well, you know, and other people may assume that it's overnight success, but yet, you know, it's like the battle arena with the, the, the toes that are all, you know, blistered and horrible. So, you know, how painful that is because no one sees it doesn't mean it didn't happen. So right. that's another point as well. And I wanted to show one more with regards to your, your quotes. And I love this because Roald Dahl is one of my favorites and a little nonsense now and then is cherished by the wisest men, which is clearly your humor is coming out for Roald Dahl to be saying something like that in your in your podcast or your YouTube podcast today. So tell me about that as well. I just personally think I don't like to take things too seriously. And even though in the book there's some heartbreaking moments, there's also a lot of humor in it because I think real life, I, you know, terrible things happen every day, but if we can laugh at some of them, yes. you know, and, and bring a little humor to things. And I, I just like being silly sometimes. I don't need to be totally serious over every single thing. I love so, that. Yeah, I just like that quote and, you know, it was Willy Wonka. And I just, I just remember the movie and I love that quote. <laughs> even, even the illustration of Willy Wonka with the green pants and a little bit yeah. of red jacket kind of looks a little bit like Maggie in your cover, you know, with the hat <laughs> on too. I was like, did she see that? I was like, no, I, I didn't, didn't see else, that. But, you know, I, you know, your launch is coming tomorrow and you have this new, you know, a chapter in your life, right? It's sometimes the endings lead to a really exciting new beginning. So as we enter this new beginning, this chapter, this after the, you know, happily ever after is finished, what does your after look like now as an author? 
Well, getting through all of the stuff I have to do right now is the first thing. Um, I am working on a second book and I, you know, I'm hoping to get through that. But right now I had to put it on hold for like two weeks or three weeks until a lot of this other stuff that I'm doing kind of, because I couldn't put all my mind into the other book. I just, the creativity, you know, juices were flowing over here with all of this and it was hard to keep going on that book. So I put that one on hold, but that's, you know, I, I have two more essays that are coming out this week um, on different places, in different places. And um, I'll probably write a, another essay for having composed at some point, because I just find them fun. I just enjoy yeah. them. But I really do want to get back to my second book. It has nothing to do with the first book. It's a totally different book. So, so for those people in life who, as your husband said, you're a very hard worker, right? So when are you going to uh, pencil in some of the joy around all of this? Oh, we're, we're all going to Hawaii in May. Oh, awesome. oh my God. So we're going back to Hawaii this time. Yes, my, my youngest son, well, my youngest son is graduating from college. Okay. And so we decided to take a family trip to back to Maui, which we love Maui, and we haven't been for like three years. And uh, so that's going to be my truly fun thing to do in in May, where I'm just going to relax and do nothing but stare at the beach. I love it. And I, and I do love the full circle where you're, this part of your journey started when you went to a, con, a, a, a yes, conference in Hawaii. I didn't even think about that. You're right. That was, and yeah. It, it comes back to, and you couldn't enjoy it because all the windows, right? So you had to do the work and now you're going to be on the beach and experiencing the whole thing and you get to enjoy yeah. it and yeah. really bask in the accomplishment with your with your child as well because your son is graduating. So right. everyone's gonna be jointly celebrating together, which is amazing. And I think that you know synchronicities have a, a fun way of showing up when we need them most. And I wanna um, also put this, because I, I think it's important, the Kirkus Review is really exciting. She's a freelance journalist and former TV sitcom writer, and the latter is evident in the novel's sharp, funny dialogue and Maggie's wry observational narration. Kirkus Review, which is one of the top uh, reviews of this particular book, the book Literary Trades. So clearly she's on her way and I can't wait to see more more humor. I can't wait to finish this and actually see the story. And like I said, she said it to the universe. Bottom line is when her script is ready, we'll be seeing this in the theaters because we do need really quality content in this world that can just take us from a place of that midlife wife to that ha after happily ever after, which is engaging, colorful, humorous. And we can make fun of ourselves too, because you know what? Yes, I love the idea of throwing paper. <laughs> Get away from me. Because I'm like, I hate you all and you all leave me alone. I'm gonna go for my dreams now. Yeah. You know, it could be the case or not the case, but um. I do want to point out as well, you know, one of the things I love about my show is that we get to gain tools to help other people manifest those dreams. And and as an author and a successful one at that, you've been a writer for great shows. You've been an author now. You've been a nutritionist. You know, the, at one point, you're a mother, a wife. You've got daughter under your under under your belt. You've got all these names and titles. But really, when you come down to it, manifesting the life of your dreams. How do you go about doing that to keep you stepping higher on that stairs, on that staircase to get right. you your imagination, right? Yeah. Um, first of all, discipline. 
that's a big thing for me. I mean, I, I'm very disciplined in my writing. I like to write, so that helps a lot. Uh, one of the things also is not being so hard on myself. Yeah, I can be very, very hard on myself, and that's that's not helpful. I, mean, I know that, but I still sometimes do it. Yes. So it's like self forgiveness for even when I am hard on myself, I have to say, okay, you know, this isn't perfect, or start over, or go, you know, print it and rewrite it and reread it, um, you know, and and basically not taking some stuff so seriously. And that's why I was saying before about the reviews. You know, just as well as the good reviews, if I don't take those so seriously, I shouldn't take the bad reviews so seriously. It's like sort of the combination and I'm I'm working on that. That's a work in progress because it's not that easy not to take them seriously. Yeah, yeah. So both sides, you know, oh, they love my book. Oh, they hated my book. You know, it's like, I will say this. One of the coolest things is to have that gentle approach to your writing as well as your life. And I think that and anyone listening out there tonight, you know, got to be more gentle with ourselves, forgiving with ourselves, because you know what? Guess what? Nobody's perfect in this world. And I love the fact that you're bringing Maggie to the world and showing that, you know what? She's pretty awesome, you know? But, but and she's, she's not perfect in any way, shape or form. She's got a lot, a lot of issues and weaknesses and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but the, the fact of the matter is that when you let down the veil and everyone gets to see that, you know, even the, you know, in the Wizard of Oz, the emperor, like literally looking <laughs> around over there, you know, that's what writing is all about, to see the reality of the world as it is, not as what we perceive it to be, which is really exciting because then the rest of the world gets permission to lay off a little, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Discipline to finish what you started, huge, because they say the difference between a published author and someone who's not is they finish the book so even yes. better and you go to the launch even better so all these <laughs> things I'll get to excite be excited with and celebrate with you and that's really even more exciting so at the outset I always ask the person to get intentional like I said and 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 set forth uh, what your intention is for this interview tonight and for the world and for your book whatever it is that you that comes to mind um you know, I, I think a lot about my intention, what my intention would be. And I think I just want to help people understand that you're going to get older no matter what you do. So follow what you want, follow your passion, because whether you, if you don't do it, you're still going to be the same age that you are if you do do it. <laughs> yeah. So whatever, it, it's something that I think that people should realize that it's still okay even if it's your passion when you're young like i wrote television and then stopped when i had my kids i knew deep down that i still loved to write and i still wanted to write so i needed to go back to that and you know when i when i was a nutritionist even though that was 10 years even myself i knew you know i was writing essays for huffington post knowing that that was making me really happy and the nutrition i enjoyed but not like the writing so when it came down to it, I was just thinking, you know what, I'm going to close my business. I'm going to go back to what I want to do because I am getting older and whatever age I'm going to be, if I don't start writing again, it's, it's going to make me sad. And I really, it was a little lost until I started writing again. 
And then it was like, whoosh, I knew. I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. So, and, 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 that's that's what I would say. and if you're ever lonely, you have Maggie speaking to you in your dream. <laughs> So I don't know if I want to read my book again. I've read it so many times. So. I know, right? That's the beauty. Is like, is like, uh, you like people are out there and saying, "Oh my God, I love the." You're like, "Oh, you're not gonna talk to me about her again." Yeah, like, exactly. Oh my God, have another <laughs> issue or try to bring up something new, right? So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, I I do love the fact that you know the passion and what makes you happy. Do more of what makes you happy in life, and and you know certainly the gift is to the world when you do that because have permission to do the same when you show up in your own joy and your own talent I will say that talent because regardless what anyone else says your mastery of the English language was good enough even amazing enough that you created this story that was so articulated so well that all of us get to have a picture into a world that maybe resonates with us like right now you know literally we all i mean i'm in, i'm in midlife my son's going to high school so i literally i want to hear more about this and other women who are going through the same thing because even if it's exacerbated or embellished i don't care i feel like i'm not alone so that's giving you a little bit more of an edge forward you know that okay i'm not, I'm not crazy <laughs> even if maggie in a book that's fiction you know i'm not crazy but um so I, I do have people pick a number as well from my book, The Magical Guide to Bliss, and read from that and and go for it, Leslie. So it's usually a synchronistic pairing of the two. So there you go. Okay. Well, I picked 44. And you it was behind 44 too, right? 44 is a good number for you, right? Four is my favorite number, so I picked 44. There you go. I love it. And it was for February 8th, Love the Skin You're In. Try to be like the turtle at ease in your own shell, which is perfect for me. Um, written by Bill Copeland, American poet. Accept the body you are in as the best gift that you have ever been given. More precious than China, more valuable than diamonds, and more perfect for you than anything that you can ever imagine. Through acceptance of this invaluable gift, you recognize how lucky you are to experience your life as seen through your particular eyes, whether brown, green, or blue. How lucky you are to experience others through a rich culture. How fortunate to experience the world through your senses, processed by your amazing mind. Once you get to acceptance and are at ease in your shell, the judgmental noise and criticism melt away so that you can experience the events in your life with love, joy, and peace. Remember that you are unique. There is no one else like you in the world. Bask in the beauty of that knowledge, wrapping your arms around the notion that you are perfect just as you are. With that kind of ease, your own skin becomes the best place to be. Don't you just love that? And that's from Magical Key to Bliss. Spread, spread your arms out wide and then wrap them around your body saying, thank you, I love you. So I love how that is aligned with tomorrow because when you wake up in the morning, put your book in your arms and wrap it all around so it embraces you as well. And thank yourself because what a beautiful thing to be really allowing yourself to be a part of the process to see a dream come to reality, which is that April back to the beginning again, um, transforming our dreams into reality. So I, I definitely love that your story is coming to light. You're going to be a catalyst to inspire other people because one of the coolest things 
is to have someone come up to you and say that your book touched me and changed my life in some way. And I think that that's only because you're comfortable in the skin you're in. So let tonight be the beginning of you being comfortable in this space, knowing that you've earned it and you own it and that you have to celebrate it so that when people come up to you and say, thank you, because I'm able to do the same because of your experience or your example then you know that you've made a difference in someone's world which i think your father would be very proud of you to this day so with that you know in many ways i definitely want to say my vision always is to expose people in this world through the show to extraordinary people and leslie you are a true butterfly sister and you are definitely <laughs> extraordinary and i'm so grateful that you crossed my path and my journey and my book writing and my life to be quite honest because from the very beginning i connected with you and you actually reached out to me so i you know literally got more and more excited about being a part of our cohort and our our book writing uh you know sisterhood because you reached out to me and made me feel like i was seen as well so thank you so much well, my intention always is to bring a little bit more fun and magic into this world. You know, I do like to, I do, I do value the storytellers and I want to tell you that you're getting a lot of love. Many people, Sue Francis, Susan Francis Morris is buying, buying your book. Carolyn, she's saying you're delightful. Just love you can't wait to read your book and you have so much to support here they even were talking about a possibility for julia louise dreyfus to play maggie <laughs> when you're gonna have your screenplay come out so i love this i'm on board if i can help out in any way you know that would that be great. <laughs> i love it so if she's out there listening you know absolutely this may be the next role for you where you can start to just be your wonderful fun loving self in the midlife world so that you know other people can see this particular character come to life so once again new endings are just the start of a new beginning um one of the things i want you to remember as you have your new beginning tomorrow on your launch is that just keep your eyes open pay attention because your story is still being written and many people are going to be a part of it now that you get to share this gift to the world so i think that's fantastic um, i want to thank you for all you do i also want to mention as well i'm just going to give a like my little little plug as well my book's coming out once again we have a wonderful cohort of amazing writers i'm so grateful to leslie for allowing me to include her book as a part of my manifesting author series um, and also um, um, please take a look at She Writes Press because along with Leslie's wonderful book, there's also lots of new authors, but her book is in fact available now, still for pre-order, right? Is it still pre-order time? Well, if you order it today, it's, it's available tomorrow, so you would get it immediately. The books will be delivered tomorrow. So tell everyone tonight where they can get a copy of your book and maybe perhaps an autograph from you. I don't know if that's something that you're contemplating, but you know, maybe they would want to reach. I like to get a little piece of the author. So I love autographs. It makes me feel special. Like, oh my God, they love me. She's like, what's up to me? I get really excited. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and okay. spell it out too, so they can at least, you know, cause it's going to be podcast as well. So that can okay. hear you as well. Well, as first off, I just want to say thank you, Mitch. This has been so much fun. You have taken my nerves and just thrown them away. So thank you so much. Success. Awesome. Awesome. You're, you're, you're a natural. You are a natural. You're, thank you. You're a great host. <laughs> um, so my book is available where any books are sold. It's 
Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books, um, uh, Apple Books, Google Books, Google Play, Kobo, any independent bookstore you can get it at by just asking them to order the book. My website is www.lesliearathmason.com, which is L-E-S-L-I-E, the letter A, R as in Robert, A as in Apple, S as in Sam, M as in Mary, U, S, S as in Sam, E, N as in Nancy. I'm also on Instagram at Leslie R. Author. I'm on Twitter at Leslie R. Author. I'm on Facebook at After Happily Ever After Novel. Um, and so you can really, you can order the book anywhere. I mean, the book is available everywhere. And if you ordered it today, you would probably get it by, I don't know, by tomorrow, but really quickly since it is, will be out everywhere tomorrow. So if anyone also, you can see how awesome she is with interviews. So if you want her part of your book club, I definitely recommend that as I'll well. I'll go to any book clubs, you know, now with Zoom, I can go anywhere, so, you know. I think that's amazing because I think it's really, you know, she's definitely engaging. We'll definitely get your, you know, your whole party started for sure. And I'm sure we have only scratched the surface of all the wonderful stories that she has to share. And especially if you've already read the whole book, how amazing that would be to actually sit down with the author and have the conversation because, wow, that would be awesome. So for book clubs, check her out. You saw her, um, her social media. Um, she explained where you can get in touch with her. If you want an autograph, contact her. Do you have a, um, an email address that she, they can contact you or is it on through your webpage? If, if you go to my website, then you okay. can contact me through the website, yeah. Okay, awesome. So once again, 62 is coming to an end. Um, I wanted to wish everyone a wonderful April, transforming your dreams into reality. I do want to give Leslie the final word of inspiration to share with everybody as we go out tonight. So go for it. Take it away, my friend. I think just my final word word of inspiration is just do whatever you want. I mean, obviously, you're not going to rob a bank. But other than that, um, just follow your dreams, really. I mean, even if you aren't sure what they are, you know, follow them, find out, figure it out, do your research and figure out whatever you love and just do it and just do it and i love it and then whatever you love can be anything that you can dream and imagine so leslie is telling you all just to do it you have permission nobody is keeping you from it start walking those stairs climb that mountain whatever it's going to take just to get you toward closer toward your dream and thank you guys all of you for being here tonight yes thank you to everybody that came it's wonderful and you know follow her please she's gonna have even an amazing launch tomorrow and then subsequent to that an amazing future as an author i can see all the books that are going to come from that beautiful mind and they do say that the story only begins after the book ends so i can't wait to see your story unfold thank you all again remember everybody we're here to be deliberate creators of our life dream big and let us all raise the positive vibration on this planet following our dreams like she says go for it so that we can all live our bliss and let's love ourselves exactly where we are reach out to each other and continue to spread the love be bold and be awakeners it's time to manifest the life of your dreams and as we bask in the beauty of all these extraordinary people including leslie so have a wonderful evening rest of april we'll see you next week on the next episode thank you again leslie it's been a wonderful, yeah. wonderful conversation all right yes, good night everybody good night